Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today we are anxious about email. Do you remember when you got mail used to fill your heart with joy and not dread? <laughs> I mean, not really. I never, I've never loved, <laughs> I've never loved, uh, well, actually, you know what? That's not true. I shouldn't say I've never loved it. Like those early days when like email was like this newfangled technology and you're like, oh my God, wow. And then you're like, oh my God, this semicolon and a. Uh, and a parentheses make a smiley face and it's winking. It was really cool. Yeah. You know what? You're, you are right. I, there was a time where even emails that I didn't want to receive, like the idea that someone was, had sent something directly to my inbox was, you know, a little bit exciting. And of course this was, I guess that would be before the time when every company on the planet was trying to get your email to barrage you with offers. And it was like this exciting thing, like, Oh, they've got a deal on or something like that. Um, I guess that was a, that was enticing, but um, yeah, it, it was a simpler time. It was, I was going to say it was a simpler time. And it was just like occasional emails from your family and lots of chain letters, like, you know, I am a ghost, and if you don't send this on to fourteen yeah. people, I will yeah. and your like family. huge, like distorted <laughs> graphics and images that like didn't resize properly, and <laughs> and yeah, it's funny you bring up the it was a simpler time sort of thing because it's very true, largely because of the expectation of when you would be getting back to that email, like the email would arrive in your inbox, and it would sort of be this uh, this uh, unspoken rule, like okay, so. This is here and now just like, I don't know, whenever you get a chance, just look it over, have a laugh, um, take your time, just take your time. And now, you know, it's not terribly uncommon to get an email from someone three hours after they send an email like, hey, did you see my email? <laughs> you know, it's it's become more like, uh, I don't know, like texting in a way. Like sometimes I even get an email sometimes where no one even signs off. It's just like, hey, did you see this? Or You know what I mean? It's uh, it's it changed yeah. the the long form eight paragraph uh, letter probably not as in vogue. Sad for you, Chris. Is that's your your style? Your very epistolary in nature. I I take that as a compliment. I mean, you 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 could have used you could have taken that in another direction and been like, you are the opposite of concise. But I mean, instead, it's, you it's basically epistolary, I guess. I know, but I was looking at it from a positive lens, and I, I, so I was, I was thinking about it more in the like, the, the lens of has a innate ability to really bring out the floweriest of uh, language to to supplement the topic being discussed. But uh, if you want to take that as unable to shut the hell up then fine fine <laughs> guilty as charged 
<laughs> yeah. All right. So before we get too deep into all this email nonsense, uh, let's check in with each other, see how we're doing. So Chris, on a scale of one to seeing a notification for 24,000 unread emails, how anxious are you today? So... <laughs> um, we should note that that uh, that scale actually ha is rooted in reality, yeah. and you'll get to that after this answer, which I'm excited for you to share. <laughs> but today we're being appropriately uh, literal. So, uh, how am I doing today? I'm pretty good today, um, generally speaking. I can't complain too much. Uh, I'm somebody who's we can say borderline obsessive when it comes to the the keeping of schedules and, and the things that happen on different days. So because I'm running all kinds of different things, and I know you are too, uh, I've sort of assigned different days to be to mean different things. So today is typically the day that I go through my grandpa's war letters. So the fact that I'm recording this podcast on a Sunday because we need to get a little bit ahead before the holiday season, it's, it's a little bit of like a you know, like a stick in the spokes, so to speak, if you if you want to get into biking <laughs> metaphors. Why not? It's an untapped metaphor. I don't think we've uh, cycled down this route yet. Nice. Oh, wow. Nice double play. Wow. Uh -huh. That really, uh, you really no greased my chain there. So <laughs> I, I think for no good reason at all, that has provided me a little bit of anxiety because usually today's more open-ended and I have the Sunday to kind of you know, roam around a little bit more and do um, work on the letters and then a few other things. So this is, um, you know, it's a little bit of different, a little bit of a curveball. But when I look at it objectively, it makes no difference whatsoever. So I've come to terms with that <laughs> and gotten on board with it and uh, happy to be recording today. And so I would say I'm probably maybe, let's say like a three. I still have this horrid inclination to go with the half points. And I, no. I can't tell whether... It, I can't tell whether it comes from like me just subconsciously trying to piss you off now, but I can't like it. Maybe it comes from the indecision that's so notable with, with anxiety. Cause I'm like, maybe I'm a three or a four. Um, and I want, I really desperately want to underline 3.5, but, <sighs> um, let's go with, uh, let's go with three. All right. That's fair. Point five, three, three. Three. All right. <laughs> that's not bad Three so yeah it's not not too shabby so on a scale of one to having twenty four thousand unread emails in your inbox how are you doing today and touch upon where in god's name that scale came from so that lovely scale um came from my mother who i spoke to right before we recorded and i told her what the topic was and she was like Oh yeah, I'm terrible with my emails. I have 24,000 unread emails and I'm like, "What?" And I <laughs> I vaguely remember every single time I saw my mom's phone, I would get like practically apoplectic with anxiety <laughs> because it just was like a barrage of like red circles with way too many numbers inside of them. And so it would be like every number had at least four digits. Like there would be like at least a thousand voicemails and like maybe 62 missed calls. So that's two digits, but at least double digits. Like I could never have like a single missed call notification or I would be panicked for life. Like 
emails I kind of <laughs> let slide, but like my mom will have like thousands of unread texts, like thousands of emails and hunt like almost a hundred missed calls that she hasn't sorted through. And I'm like, I don't know how you live your life because it's funny though, because my mom is very organized and on top of everything and just seems to have one of those brains that can just like manage everything. Like she's one of the most like productive and just functional people that I know and has so much energy and does everything correctly the first time. Unlike me, who's just like, I don't know, like a lobster trying to walk on the sand and just like <laughs> flailing around. Just like, I, I'm not I, used to this. <laughs> I did not expect that uh, to be envisioning that today. I didn't expect to hear the, the word apoplectic or apoplectic. I know that's one of those words that <laughs> so I, I want to say. I want to, it's one of those words I want to say a little bit quicker um, and it comes out a little strange, but yeah. good, firstly, happy to use that word. Second, I didn't necessarily expect to be picturing a lobster with Allison's face <laughs> trying to walk, but I'm thrilled you've given me that imagery. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. So anyway, that's the story is basically <laughs> my mom's cell phone is a hot mess and would give like the most composed of human beings generalized anxiety disorder just looking at it <laughs> i'm a i'm a four now by the way allison yeah. just so you know just have to hear that yeah after recounting that maybe i'll have to uh grade myself at a curve but um <laughs> i would say i'm actually doing pretty well maybe honestly probably a two um nice. yeah you know it hasn't been the easiest of weeks for me but i feel like some of the depression I've been having is sort of lifting, turning a corner a little bit. I'm feeling like I just have a little more grasp on, you know, what I need to be doing. And, um, you know, just, I don't know. I'm just, I feel like I'm learning to do the things I need to do, even when I don't feel like doing them. And so that's helping. And yeah, I just think things are okay. They're not great. You sound, okay. you do sound more chipper. Yeah, you sound more chipper, I, I have to say. And yeah. having recorded all these episodes with you, I have a strange uh, sense now from yeah. your, just from your voice tone, yeah. whether like, are you doing, you, you sound pretty chipper. So yeah, that's great. To, that's great to hear. Like I was super out of it last week and just not in my element like whatsoever. And this week I feel like a lot more like myself and, um, you know, I'm just kind of riding these waves of like fatigue that kind of come and go. Yesterday, sure. I felt really good. Today, I was tired, but I'm feeling okay now. So like, I'm just kind of, I just have to learn to like ride the waves a little bit, which is stressful for me as a Californian who never learned to surf. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm apparently yeah. a lobster now. So maybe I'll give it a try again. Um, yeah. So yeah. so yeah, it's 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 even harder to surf if you're a walking lobster. It That's is. what I've heard. Yeah, I they're not great <laughs> surfers, despite being no. ocean dwelling creatures. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Well, that's that's good to hear, and I think uh, this episode should be at least uh, fun to, to talk about, if only because I don't know a single person who doesn't have an opinion on email one way or another. It's either you know, they, or have some strategy that, that is to say, most people have done more thinking about emails than they would have liked to. And so I'm sure this should be 
um, kind of a fun, perhaps emotionally charged episode. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a touch of cursing and I guess Mm -hmm. that's my formal warning. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, so Chris, do you want to get us started out? Um, so it's just one of my weird lobster screed, um, about, uh, what makes you most anxious about email? Get us started off. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So I think when I'm looking at what is it about email that actually makes me anxious or brings out anxiety in me, it it, it is for sure the never ending nature of it. I think I like in a sense that I, I I like to conceptualize things which are have a beginning and an end. And I can sort of formally wrap a bow on things and be like, well, that was like, I've finished that. And now I can move on with something else. But email, in, in a way, is this, uh, it's this ever running machine in the background that you simply have to pay attention to now, or you will, you know, get left behind in some way. And so I have to make sure that I'm developing systems around email to make sure that I'm approaching it at the right times. And and that's kind of come naturally. Since I started working for myself, I've been better able to control when I'm dealing with that stuff. So we can get more into tips and things later. But generally speaking, I'm making an effort to check emails in the morning, typically just kind of breeze through on my phone to make sure that I'm I know at least what's in there, you know, because I think the the big problem for me with anxiety is I can create an important email that doesn't exist in my inbox. So it is important for me to actually know what's in there. So when I wake up, I'll kind of do a quick sweep and think, okay, so I'll make a note to to get to that, that email later or whatever. Of course, in the ideal day, I'm working on um, kind of the task of the day. And then I get to emails typically in the early afternoon and just do like a big sweep. And then I might do kind of one more look over in the evening, but I try to make sure that it's like, okay, so this is email time because if I don't, um, if I get sidetracked with email, I'll, you know, with ADHD and all that kind of stuff, I can accidentally go down rabbit hole after rabbit hole and I won't get to whatever it was I was supposed to be doing that day. So I have to be really strategic with it, but to, you know, to underline what I'm really getting at, I mean, the central thing for me that I battle with is the fact that it's it's never ending. It's a you know it's it's almost like this um, this monster that you kind of continually defeat every day uh, or not. I mean, it, it might you might not <laughs> actually defeat my mother. The, no. Like, yes, exactly. You might a steak and then you leave. Right. It's this almost this uh, this notion that like you you kind of like it's like Groundhog Day a little bit, right? Where you you kind of wake up the next day and you're like, I, I thought I. I thought I beat this monster, you know, like I thought it was already done. And it, it basically, it's so powerful that it, uh, that monster always manages to put itself uh, back together. So that's the opening, uh, that's my opening comment about email and, and probably the central anxiety I feel towards it. Yeah, I I feel the same. And another thing that I struggle with with email is sort of mentally tracking the conversations like that I kind of have like open, open ended. And it gets really hard for me to be like, does everyone who was waiting for a response have a response? And the answer is Hmm. almost always no, you know, and there's always just that like little tiny lurking voice in the back of my head. That's like, you didn't finish something. Someone, someone (laughs) didn't get an answer. Someone's, someone's waiting to hear from you. And 
it's always like, but I don't know which one it is. It's not even like I'm trying to avoid it, although sometimes I am. But like, it's just really hard. At least not consciously. Yeah, <laughs> but it's really hard for me to keep track of who's had, who's been reached out to, who's waiting for a response. Is there anyone whose email I saw that, that I just didn't respond to in time? Like, you know what I mean? It's just... It's just one of those things that there's always that sense of it being unfinished. So I definitely relate to that sort of like slaying the monster over and over again thing. And then just being like, but also having trouble remembering where you left things off the previous day. You know, it's like, who, who, who still needs to be, what monster still needs to be slayed? What, you know, what messages need to be responded to that sort of one of my central anxieties kind of related to yours is just keeping up with everything and mentally organizing it because like, I don't find it super easy to see that everything's been done. There's probably like a way to structure your inbox to like, you know, terrify yourself with things that are unread, you know, like flagging systems and whatnot, but like are unresponded to, but I've never really had a great structure for handling my inbox. So I tend to just sort of like accidentally drop off of an email chain for like two weeks until someone's like, Hey, did you die? And I'm like, Nope, I'm good. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for reminding me. Sorry. <laughs> Still kicking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a fair point with, with all of, uh, with kind of the, the ability to lose track of certain things and, I think that's further complicated if you're somebody who has like seven email accounts to monitor. Yeah. I have all of those email accounts flood into my phone so that I can keep track of certain things. But I, you know, there are certain accounts that I have to spend more time on making sure that I'm getting through certain things. But for sure, you know, there can be times where you don't get back to somebody as quickly as you would like. And then, you know, that's problematic because I, I feel like with, uh, with this podcast, kind of all roads lead back to Shameville, right? And mm -hmm. this is another episode that's going to be where we're going to be inhabitants of Shameville because there is this sense in which you, if you do realize that you hadn't gotten back to somebody in good time, then you're sort of balancing like, well, do I have to get back to them and start with an apology? You know, do I have to start off by being like, I promise I actually value you, even though I, didn't value you, yeah. you know, like there's, there's all this kind of stuff around it. I'll talk a little bit more about some of the tips and tricks I have around combating that stuff, but I'll let you um, yeah. kind of touch upon that. Cause I know that's something that's near and dear to your heart. Yeah. I have a habit of like, when I finally respond to an email that's three weeks late, I start off with three to four apologies and then edit it down to two, like a bookend, like, hello, <laughs> sorry for the delay, like in responding to your email. And then it's like, I either come up with an elaborate excuse or don't. Um, and then, uh, you know, body of email responding what I should have responded three weeks later. Sorry again for the inconvenience. Or like, sometimes I try to say like, thank you for your patience. Cause I've like, re like read something about like, don't apologize. Tell people thank you for your patience. But then I feel like a weird like train conductor. <laughs> you 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 sound actually. It really reminds me of uh, like sort of hold being on hold with your bank, where it's like yeah. we appreciate your your continued interest in our services. Yeah. Please be patient while we get to your yeah. request. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
please don't berate me as soon as you get off hold. <laughs> but yeah. so it's 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 funny because I'm actually so anxious about that happening that I've created these systems I talked about. Like I use programs like Mixmax or things that Gmail or Outlook, like the snooze function and stuff, to make sure that I'm constantly getting things sent back to me. So it, I've created this elaborate system of annoying pokes that are like Chris, 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 Chris. So like I'm I'm not usually ever in that in that boat. And also with a program like Mixmax, I can create template emails. So I can basically some of the common emails that I used to get that I just wouldn't get back to, I can get back to quickly and just hit semicolon and whatever the template is, and it will automatically populate and send. Yeah. So that's helpful for dealing with with that. But you could argue that I've created kind of so many systems that it, it's uh, it probably could be more effective because I constantly have things coming back to me and that uh, sometimes it's a situation where I have something sent back to me over and over again. Um, I think I talked about this with, maybe I talked about this with like the, I had like a, an email that was sent back to me with in regards to a newsletter provider. This is kind of like a random sub tangent, but I, it would just, it just was sent back to me, you know, once a week for like 14 weeks. So like that wasn't terribly effective. Right. Yeah. It was just like, like, it, I guess what I'm trying to say is for the most part, the system works well for me, but if there's something that I'm really avoiding and procrastinating about, it can also be dangerous to have a tool like snoozing something because like you could theoretically do that indefinitely. Oh yeah. Yeah. I find for me, like the number of emails I have unread in my inbox directly reflects what my mental state is like, you know, like if, if I have my inbox, like, you know, getting it down to like roughly inbox zero, like every couple of days and not letting too much, you know, lurk around there, then I'm usually feeling kind of on top of things and feeling kind of okay. It's like a chicken and the egg kind of thing. You know, it's kind of hard to pinpoint, well, am I on top of things and feeling okay, because I've been keeping my inbox at zero? Mm -hmm. Or is it because I'm feeling okay that I'm able to keep my inbox at zero? And I think the answer is actually like both, you know, like, it's kind of one of those things one sparks the other and then it continues in a circle sort of. And um, definitely when I've had worse periods of depression or anxiety or just going through something on a personal level, I'll notice sometimes my inbox will suddenly be like 600 and I'll be like, oh, Allison, you're having a rough time, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in some ways though, that's kind of, it's... Um it's something that you could turn on its head and, and be like, okay, so this is an adequate way that I can track my mental state. Like it, it's, it strikes me as one of those things that you could bring yourself to the gallows for it. Or you could be like, oh, this is actually a pretty helpful way that I, I could understand like, oh, okay, I need to take a step back here. And maybe I need to be whatever it is. Like maybe I need a little more exercise or a little bit more meditation or a little bit more reflection time or a little bit more, like sometimes ironically, the times that we're the most flustered and you have those, you know, an ungodly amount of emails there can be the time where taking a half day off to like get your mental state back in order to, you know, take those deep breaths. It can almost be, you know, that's the right choice, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think actually, just going back to my historic two today, I think that's why I'm doing so well is like, <laughs> I felt myself getting burned out on Friday. And then I took pretty much all of Friday off. I think I worked for like an hour or two. I took all of Saturday off and then I took all but an hour off today plus recording. So like 
I pretty much gave myself three days off in a row, which I almost never do. Good. And yeah, so I think well, it's kind of same here. Actually, I, I took a lot of uh, a fair bit of time off since Thursday, and I don't think it's an accident that the two of us sound like we've just come from you know a glorious picnic. We're both <laughs> like, I think both like from, from a tone perspective, yeah. I bet you longtime listeners will be like, they do sound pretty happy, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. It, it does help. I think I'm trying to be more conscientious about setting aside time and scheduling in breaks for myself and like doing that proactively rather than like, oh, I've reached burnout. Let me crash and burn for a little while. Right. And when I stop burning, then I can light myself up again and throw myself back exactly. in the cannon. Um, so part of what helps with that is, yeah, like trying to keep my inbox a little more managed so that like when I do take the time off, it's not like I'm barraged with guilt for taking time off because I'm able to be like, no, actually there's nothing like really important pending. You know, I've handled everything that's time sensitive. And of course I have like a ton of things that I want to do, but nothing actually needs to be done today. So like if I can come back refreshed in a couple of days, it's better for me to do that than to like force myself to work because it's not necessarily a day that I picked for myself to work or or force myself to work because I arbitrarily decided to work that day sometimes yeah. better to just be like you know what I'm just not gonna swim against the current today I'm just gonna sit on the yeah. beach and look at the water <laughs> yeah no 100 and and then that pays dividends for the following week or mm -hmm. whatever it is and and part of that I guess is just looking more honestly at how you're doing you know today for example i'm recording so i was going to work on stuff around my grandpa's letters but if i i need to honestly look at myself after we're done recording here and say okay do i have what it takes to do that in the sense that you know i know i do have what it takes but is that am i going to pay for that all week you know am i going to pay for that when i wake up tomorrow morning because i didn't give myself the proper time to kind of have that mental space and relaxation and that's part of looking at yourself in understanding what actually matters. And you touched upon that a little bit when you were just talking about, which is we you need to get to a point where you look at your email and you don't see 75 unread emails, you see four important emails that need to be addressed, right? Yeah. And that's um, a framework that we talked about just before we started recording, which is like this matrix of like, urgency versus importance. That was something that we both saw in Cal Newport's book, Deep Work. And it's like this, as far as I remember, and this, this also could be in a bunch of other, uh, a bunch of other sort of like, I don't know what you would call them, productivity. Yeah, productivity gurus. Gu gurus, yeah. And Gurai. they talk about like, yeah. <laughs> the... Um, <laughs> The uh, anyways, back to the matrix. So the, it's it's the ability to figure out. Okay, so what's urgent? What needs to get done? What's what's important? Actually, has to get done. And for me, I look at something, and I I need to be able to assess. Okay, so this needs to get done right now, as opposed to you know something else, which just. I might feel like it needs to get done. I might be assigning a false sense of urgency to it, but I need to disseminate like, is it, am I just describing it to that? Like we, email is designed, you know, physiologically or not necessarily physiologically, but like it's, it, 
that the designers of email are, are they've created notifications and systems to make you feel like email is all important and needs to be addressed right away, right? I mean, that's like that the, the system inherently has that. That's why I would never have notifications that were like another email, another email, another email in the corner of my screen because I would just I would um, disintegrate. I would disintegrate. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't so I don't deal with that. But you need to sort of actively combat that and and figure out what's actually in what actually needs to get done. And this is something that I've done with my to-do list and everything else. I've had to create systems because I, it, it is to do with in part ADHD for me, or at least I can say that's something very common with ADHD is, is not necessarily having um, the ability to correctly prioritize based on real immediacy. A lot of the time, everything feels immediate which is why you start to write an article in my case, and then an email comes up and then 20 minutes later, you're like, oh shit, I was writing an article, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're like, you accidentally turned down a row that you were like, I, I kind of think of it as sort of, I need to make sure that I'm, I know I'm on the highway and I'm driving to a destination that's far away and I can't keep getting off at every exit to pick up another coffee. You know, it's like, it's like, just pretend the exits are closed, keep going. And, and I literally have to do that. I have to take those two hours with, you know, quote unquote, closed exits. And then I can, uh, and then I know I can get off again, if that makes sense. Yeah. So just as a tangent, the irony of the book, Deep Work, it's all about like uh, focus and not multitasking is that I bought the book on audiobook uh, on Audible and I can't actually focus on listening to it because I'm always trying to do something else at the same time. Like my brain just for some reason when I'm on, when I'm listening to an audiobook and I'm not on a bus going somewhere, I lack the ability to listen to audiobooks. But then, and here's a perfect tie-in actually, is I feel too guilty because I keep getting like my emails once a month from Audible being like, you have five to six credits or something like whatever the maximum amount is. And I'm like, oh, shit. All right. This month, I have to be the kind of person who listens to my audiobooks. So now I just have like, <laughs> probably two years worth of Audible credits of audiobooks of which I've listened to maybe 10%. But I get that email reminder. And it's like, oh, Here's my monthly reminder that I'm still a piece of shit who can't focus on audiobooks. <laughs> Do I want to cancel that and save and save nine dollars a month? Hell no! I want to feel like shit again in thirty days. <laughs> Today's piece of shit reminder brought to you in part by Audible. <laughs> <laughs> reminding you that you're worthless and don't do the things that you say you'll do. <laughs> yeah. And then you look through your inbox and you're like, um, I wonder if I have any other piece of shit emails. And there's always like yeah. one or two more there just to be yeah, sure. When I go through like a period of like where I get up to that 600, 800 email mark, my inbox just feels like an inventory of my moral failures. You know, it's like, Oh, and here's the time I didn't respond to so-and-so. Here's the time. Is that the cap for you? Like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That sounded like a good diatribe there, but um, I, n I never like to cut you off mid voice. So that's, no uh, um, I, I, sh I shall shame myself. So go ahead and then I'll get back to you. Probably the worst I've ever been at was like low thousand, maybe 1200. But like, I don't think I've ever let myself go much over a thousand. And that's like about in a single inbox. Like, that's about 
two months worth of stuff that I need to delete maybe. But like, you know, I'll go through it and kind of catch up to the point where like I last see the last read message and then I'll know that all the emails kind of in between, like I've at least looked at the title, you know? So it's not like all of them are completely like, you know, every title has gone through at least one pass, you know, there's rarely anything that's okay. like completely missed the mark and I've completely ignored, but you know, sometimes there's a little surprise hidden there where it's just like hidden gem. Yeah. So it can really be a nice treat when you finally dig into those six to 1200 emails and are like, Oh, here's another thing I forgot to cancel. Here's another thing that I fucked up on. Oh, here's another thing where I should have known better, but didn't. This is that makes me anxious just to hear that uh, that number. But everyone's got their own systems going. For for me, I I'd very rarely have over a hundred unread emails uh, across all my accounts feeding into my phone, and probably I try to. I guess I would try to keep that mostly closer to like around. 35 or 40 unread emails across all my accounts. Yeah. And those would be often be reminders that would come back in. And, you know, I'm definitely not the um, epitome of perfection when it comes to email, but it's, it's basically, I look at what makes me most anxious about email. And I make sure like finding time in the morning for a, a session, and then in the afternoon for a session, just make sure that I don't get anxious about email outside of those, you know, appointments that I make for myself daily to, to tackle email. Mm -hmm. And I also think I've pared down what emails I want to be getting and what emails I don't want to be getting. And it, it makes me more anxious to have a really high unread number than, than almost anything else. So it's like, that's something that I make sure that I tackle. Inbox zero is just not an attainable reality for me because of the system I have with all these reminders coming in um, all the time about things that I need to be tackling and so on. But that's okay, right? Like I've looked at it as this is the email system that works reasonably well for me. I'm not going to be the guy trying to get to inbox zero all the time. I'm also... Honestly, because I understand myself well enough and how my anxiety functions, when I finished the evening session of email where I kind of checked everything over, I don't open up my phone and check email again until the following morning. Yeah, And that's a boundary that I needed to draw for myself because I'm the type of person that if I don't draw that sort of clear boundary, I will constantly accidentally start working again. I should mention that this is something that's just not going to be attainable for some people in different industries. Right. I mean, I know that my brother is in a position with his job where that's just not a reality for him. I have friends in real estate or in law or so on and so yeah. forth that they just can't do that. But I have the luxury of doing that. And when I first started working for myself, all the reasons I started to work for myself, like having flexibility, like, you know, having a little bit more control over when I'm answering things and so on and so forth. I was taking advantage of none of that. And then I started to realize that, okay, so I need to strike a balance between being reachable and dependable and having a life. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's kind of the decision I've made to, I spend, I think, I think I have a good balance with it, but part of getting rid of some of the anxiety around email is actually even sitting down with a notebook or whatever and a blank page and just figuring out, so what am I 
you know, what is my email strategy here? What's the number I'm comfortable with having, you know, unread emails? What am I, um, you know, what, what is the, what is my system here? Do I, am I, do I want to snooze stuff? Do I want to, you know, do I want to tackle things in the morning and in the evening? Like, I guess having some sort of strategy or a framework, that's just the way my brain functions. Like with, if I try to tackle something as large as this, um, without a framework, it will be catastrophic for me. So that's what I kind of, that's the road that I have to go down. It's not something that uh, was intuitive to me until recently, like, or I understood at least until recently yeah. that I needed that. Yeah. Yeah. For me, what I try to do is like, I actually don't get my work emails sent to my phone. And like, really, it's just because like, I was too lazy to set up the, all the Gmail. <laughs> boxes. You, but, you could have made yourself sound like a saint there and been like, it's just not good for my brain. But, but instead, you're but like, <laughs> it is, but I am maintaining it because it's not good for my brain. You know, good. Like, I have my personal email and like, you know, it's not like I've like achieved some sort of like Zen state with my personal email. That's a bit of like chaos, <laughs> you know, situation. But like at least it's not all of my different emails all coming into the same place at the same time. So like I kind of will go through my personal email inbox like a little more often. And usually it's just like extremely persistent newsletters that like I swear to God, I've you know, signed myself off of a jillion times. And they're like, <laughs> you know, it can take like 45 to 75 days to remove your email. I'm like, no, no, it doesn't. Nothing takes up to 10 days, like, or a hundred days or whatever the hell they say it takes you to get on, you know, unsubscribed. Like it, it's literally automatic or it should be like, what are you doing? But um, there, there really is no excuse for that. <laughs> there isn't. It's like I there are so many things like when I had my like really big build up of emails, I went through and like unsubscribed to everything. Um, and like I wouldn't allow myself to delete it unless I knew I had unsubscribed. And it's like, I know that there's an app or like a website for that, like unroll me. But for some reason, I just decided, I guess, to punish myself and just do it all manually. <laughs> I was like, maybe you won't sign up for things in the future if you do this now. But um, this is the classic flagellation scenario. Yeah, exactly. And so I like unsubscribed from everything I didn't want to be getting. And I'm still getting like five or six things like that. I swear to God. I have removed myself from like a million times and it's like, I feel like they're getting a, a, like around it by being like sending things technically different emails, but it's all like the same organization. Like I have this one like activist thing, like I signed like some sort of petition and now I will forever get emails from them. And I'm like, I've unsubscribed a million times and they email like five times a day. And I'm just like, ugh, block. Please leave me alone. Block. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not that good of a person. No one is. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't you know? That was just a heat of the moment thing. <laughs> I can handle one petition. <laughs> I'm focused on another issue right now and you're stressing me out. <laughs> yeah, so um, so that can, be, that can be a thing. But usually I just try to only have my personal emails and anything that's super important that's like time sensitive, I tend to use that like or CC myself on. Um, and then I can, you know, use that. But I try not to uh, check my work emails constantly. Otherwise, I'll just get stressed. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing too. Like it's not necessarily a cut and dry issue or a, I don't know, cut and dry is that even a phrase. Yeah. Um, a, 
Uh, okay, cool. That's good. That's it's reassuring. Um, I'll go with black and white though, because it just seems less serial killery. <laughs> less serial killery. Yes. I mean, I've t- <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so sorry. I'm happy. Yeah. No, this is, that's sorry. This is great. Uh, I'm getting so like a real I, Buffalo I, Bill vibe. Yeah. Listen, Allison, we're not going down this path, not publicly. Okay. So I was trying to get it's not a black and white issue because I think everybody's going to need to approach this a different way. For some people, inbox zero is going to be the way. For some people, you know, another strategy is going to be the right way. It all depends on what you're anxious about in some way. The, the other thing that I kind of get anxious about as it relates to email is that I'm just a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to the the writing that I'm doing. And uh, I, I we've talked about this oh so many times in the show, but I, I have a propensity to, you know, write out a three or four paragraph behemoth email that I reread over and over again until it almost sounds like a different language. And I have to read it out loud in like a ridiculous, I don't know, like announcer voice uh, i actually don't do that but uh, i do read it out loud <laughs> yeah, in just a normal voice send brie like an email of support there being like i'm so sorry yeah <laughs> I, I use my voice i mean no i just read it out in my normal <laughs> normal voice and and that can be helpful just to be like listen i need to send this email i can't read this over a single other time and Something else, this might be helpful for folks with, with anxiety. I find like the definite nature of sending it off. I'm kind of like, oh, I'm sending it. Um, I will, I have it set like the, you can set on Gmail your undo send to 30 seconds as opposed to five seconds. And so during now, instead of reading it over a thousand and fifteen times, I'll read it over a reasonable amount of times. And then I'll have the 30 second undo send thing and I'll send it off and just give it one final glance. And then sometimes I just find a small error after like 15 seconds, just click undo and fix it as opposed to sending off in five seconds. That might make some people anxious, but it I like having that opportunity to undo it if something happens and I have 30 seconds to undo it. If you send an email by accident, you can undo it more easily because you don't just have five seconds. So Aww. that... I didn't even know you had five seconds to unsend. Yeah, you have five seconds to unsend on, that's a normal Gmail setting, but you can set the unsend up to 30 seconds. The reason it's helpful is because you send it off and it's sent technically, so there's no, it's no difference at all. It's not like it waits 30 seconds to send, although I guess it does technically on the server, but from your side of things, you can click send and just walk away and go to a different screen. It's not any, it's not like you have to stay on the screen for 30 seconds or whatever. But it just gives you like, I can't tell you the amount of times that that 30 second thing has saved me because I accidentally sent an email because, you know, whatever it is, I just I'm trying to implement everything I can to make email a less stressful and anxiety inducing space. And that's just like one little hack that I don't know, how much does it help the anxiety have around email? Probably not a huge amount. But like, I think with anxiety at, at this point, we've talked about it, you know, where like this whole show, I guess the premise would be like, if you can reconceptualize and do a little bit more for in a lot of different areas, Mm -hmm. then that can be helpful. So this is just another one of those things where it's like, it's a very small thing that probably makes a small difference. But if there's, if there's a thousand small things making small differences in a whole, you know, myriad of things you're doing, it it can be helpful. Yeah, I, I think that's all, that's all very true. Very interesting. Like, the way I think about it, there's sort of two ways to kind of create an easier life with anxiety, right? And 
there are two ways to sort of work with your anxiety. And one of those ways is creating structure in a way that makes sense for you, lessens your anxiety. And the other way is just sort of having grace with yourself and understanding that no matter how perfect your your structure is and your systems are, you're still going to have those like deeply anxious human moments and you just have to be like okay with those happening sometimes yeah a hundred percent i mean your structure can be perfect and we plan things out with the idea that uh if this was executed absolutely perfectly then it would be perfect but since nobody's executing things perfectly then you basically just want your structure or your system whatever that is for whatever you're addressing to be your safety net and just help make sure that you don't end up accomplishing nothing, whatever that is, you know? And so, so basically I think of structures and systems as like insurance policies to make sure that even if I am really just not doing well that day or whatever, I have something to fall back on. And even though it's a system that I created or something that I conceptualized, it's something that feels real and 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 at least for me with with my own experience with anxiety these things tether me to you know like i i might wake up and not feel the best or not feel like myself but i still know that i start my day with a pot of tea and doing a brief sweep of emails and then i make sure i'm doing some stretching and some meditation a little bit of movement and whatever and I might not do any of those things perfectly, but they still help me to be more like the person that I want to be, you know, somebody who could conceivably be doing things more, you know, closer to perfect, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I think we kind of like inadvertently just wove our tip section like right in here. Yeah, but like, I feel like we did that last episode too. This just might be a sign that we're becoming seasoned podcasters. It might be. Oh, do we get awards? We can, I mean, we can make our own <laughs> awards and just send them to Can we award? Can we <laughs> award ourselves? Trophies.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think that would be that would be hilarious. If we don't do it this year, we should do it next year. We should each get each other an award and uh, not tell each other what it's going to be. I think that would be pretty. I think that'd be pretty funny. But yeah, I'm. I like that actually. I mean, I. I I try not to be too formulaic with the progress and let things flow, but I think it's uh, it is a good sign if we don't have to pause and be like, tip time. Yeah. I mean, to, to be honest, this is a topic, emails in general, where I think it's probably naturally well-suited to talking about something and then offering a tip or something that you have thoughts about. So I think this episode served us well, but I will also jump ahead to the next section and pat ourselves in the back for that before we even get there just to make it um a double uh i was gonna say a double bow tied on that but that just like i don't feel like that that's that's if i'm patting myself on the back for anything i should unpat myself on the back for that because <laughs> what's the opposite of a pat in the back half a back pat just half okay i was gonna say like do i get a, a punch in the throat for that that seems like the opposite of a pat on the back well <laughs> intense yeah, I want to. I want to really back away from the serial killer vibes with the cut and dry and the punch and throw and stuff. So I think it's why don't we just stick to the to the mundane and the usual? What do you think? That's perfect, love it. Okay, so on that note, is there actually back up for a second? Is there anything else you want to talk about as far as anxiety related to emails? Uh, 
no, I think that's good. And um, just like with regards to like the tips thing, like I think email is such a deeply personal thing that you really just have to find mm-hmm. your own way to deal with it that works with your brain and how you process information. I don't think it's helpful to really use anyone else's system. You know, mm-hmm. I think you kind of need to create your own. It's not something that I think has like a uniform cut and dry <laughs> uh, solution to it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's absolutely right. And And we both have different approaches and different things we're comfortable with. And I don't think th- there's any need to be hierarchical about yeah. it. It's just like, this is what works for you. This is what works for me. It's also not a perfect system. I'm always trying to think about how I can make it better or easier or make sure that, I think, you know, it's, it, Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's just, I was just going to finish that by just saying, I'm just always trying to think about, well, what's making me, what is, when I look at this, uh, the way that I approach emails, what's making me anxious about it and what do I have, you know, in my control, what is in my control to, to change about what is making me anxious about it. And that's probably the framework we need to be looking at kind of for all episodes, right? Looking at something and then figuring out, well, what is it makes me anxious about it and what can I do about it? Because there are going to be some instances where you think about something and there's certain things that are out of your control that you just, you know, the being less anxious about it is going to be more about supporting the fact that there's something you have to do. So, you know, reward yourself with something once you complete it or whatever that is. And then there's going to be other instances where you can just get rid of that task altogether and uh, form that into something else which might suit your brain a little bit better i guess the 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 big thing to point to is like don't be scared to experiment a little bit you know it's if you feel like you're in a miserable rut with email or with whatever like it's not gonna try something out for one week try something out for one day try something out for one hour i mean the consequences are pretty low and and you'll whether you like it or not you'll learn something about the way you're approaching whatever it is you're testing yes i think we can agree that while there is no right way to handle email there is one wrong way and that's my mother's twenty four thousand unread emails so <laughs> let's not let it's work it's working for her i mean yes <laughs> but let's let's not test the limits of how many gigabytes an inbox can hold before taking the entire internet <laughs> down with it <laughs> Fair enough. So on that note, what are you patting yourself on the back for after this week? I guess we it hasn't been that long since we hopped on a recording. So why don't we make it fun and say we recorded an episode three days ago. We're recording again now. What is it in the last three days that you're patting yourself on the back for? And do you hate me for changing the framework of this question? Uh no, although like there is a part of me that really likes my like routine and structure and is like, damn you, Chris, for changing the framework. But I was just going to say something in the past couple of days anyway, so it didn't really. Well, there you go. Uh, but yeah, I think um, just what I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, I've been struggling with fatigue quite a bit and I've been just sort of like working on reframing my relationship to fatigue. And just like what you were saying, there's some things that you can't change. I can't change the fact that my body inexplicably feels tired and there's not really much I can do about it. Um, What I can change is like how I think and react to my fatigue. And so I've just been like a little more 
gracious with myself when I'm having like my really, really low periods and just being like, you know what? It's okay to play video games today and just sit and maybe like watch some videos from a course that you, you know, signed up for. Just do something that's a little more like passive versus like trying to force myself into like active work every single day. So I think just kind of like making peace with my fatigue. It's been like a a situation I've been kind of like um, dealing with for almost a year and a half now. And unfortunately, it just seems to kind of like be getting like worse and more, more chronic as opposed to like, it would kind of come and go for a while. Now it just seems to be like, oh, I'm just always tired. And then I have a couple days that are good. And so while that sucks, and I hate it, um, ultimately, you know, what can I do? You know, it's, it's just my situation. So I just have to make the best of the things that I can make the best of and be gracious to myself when I can't find any silver lining or motivation or whatever, you know? So yeah, you can do what you can with, you know, most of anxiety and most of this battle is, is not about, uh, it's mostly about figuring out the cards you have in your hand to play. Right. I mean, you, you like, no matter how much you want to, you, you know, you can't play a Royal flush every hand, right. You just don't have those cards. So sometimes you, uh, sometimes you bluff with the seven, two, and sometimes (laughs) you, sometimes you get lucky on the river or whatever it is, but most of this battle is figuring out, you know, okay, this is the hand I have. And these are the cards that are played. I might fare, you know, well in this hand, I might not, but uh, I'm gonna do my best. Yeah. And that seems most of the battle. Yeah, exactly. So it's been something I've been struggling with for a couple months. But I feel like in the last couple days, I've kind of started to like make peace with the like ebb and flow and just be like, all right, you know, this is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yep. Um, in the words of my extremely poetic president, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Soon to be a president, luckily. Um, yeah, yeah anyway. I was going to say, uh, I have many, many adjectives um, <laughs> that I could use, and, and one of they wouldn't be one of them wouldn't be poetic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Chris, how are yeah. I was about to just start the whole episode all over. It's like we're one hour in, Allison. Uh, you've or you've already asked me how I'm doing today. Oh God. Okay. Uh, so, Chris, what are you, what are you patting yourself on the back for in these past couple of days? Yeah. So, firstly, make sure you keep that in there and don't edit that out oh, because no. I think at all that was great. Okay. I was good. So all right. Committed to asking you how you were doing today for like yeah. half a second. And like you were so committed to it that I almost went back to being like, you know, probably a two or three, maybe a maybe a three point five because I like my point fives. Like almost just double double down on the Groundhog on the joke that I one hour. Yeah, but something a joke that I made an hour ago that I just want to double down on again. And yeah. So how am I doing uh, slash? That's not the question. I almost do it myself. Um, what am I patting myself on the back for? I think what I'm patting myself on the back for is that yesterday I went out for a walk and I uh, a friend that I hadn't talked to in quite some time came to my mind. And instead of making a mental note that I needed to reach out to them. I 
I utilized the mental awareness to realize that whatever podcast I was listening to at that moment that seemed important probably wasn't as important as just giving a phone call to to my buddy. So I called my friend, um, his name's Isaac, he's a great guy, and I gave him a call and we chatted for about an hour. And I know people aren't necessarily, I know you in particular don't love the like phone call out of nowhere necessarily, but I know the type of guy from my microphone, even though we're not on a voice call, like, can you, (laughs) (laughs) I can feel, I can feel your shoulders tensing when I mentioned our phone call to the blue, but was it scheduled? (laughs) (laughs) It was not. And he, but I know he's the type of guy that he has the same feeling about just making sure that, um, or I guess about like prioritizing. We've kept in touch here and there, and we've both been trying to, I guess, trying to justify the struggle of this period by the clarity that it's offered. And one thing that's become immensely clear to me is that it's relationships that I really care about. And uh, I really, you know, I strive to do well professionally, but I won't be happy in anything I'm doing professionally or personally if I don't take the time to let people know I care about them and and to keep people in my life. And so I called him and, I, you know, I had that initial voice. I was like, oh, he's probably busy or whatever. And instead he picks up and he's just like, Chris, Merry Christmas. Like, and he seemed so excited that I'd given him a call and we just, I just walked around and I spoke to him for about an hour. It was a huge lift to my day. And he's also a, uh, you know, pretty in tune with his emotions and not scared to, uh, to say how he felt. And at the end of the call, he's like, I just want to thank you for calling me out of Lou. This has made my day and I just love you. You know, I, and I just said that back to him too, because I I do genuinely uh, love him and have so much love for him. And last night, uh, not to get you know too deep down the personal path, but like I was playing poker on Friday with my buddies, and that was great. But Saturday had nothing going on, and Bree had um, like a big gathering with some of her closest friends going on. And I don't know, I just kind of was like feeling a little bit lonely, just kind of like, man, this is I- I'm like not the type of person who n- never had anything to do you know, on a Saturday night or whatever. And I just kind of thought, oh, this is kind of brutal. But I, you know, that call kind of made me feel like, well, you know what, like, I'm not the person who's going to go to a bar right now. And I'm not getting together with people. And it looks like that hour call was the best I could do socially yesterday. And it's enough because it filled my heart with with something I needed. So I'm patting myself on the back for realizing that I probably could have gone down that other path where I chose to be a little bit miserable because you know, I, the reality was different and there's not a lot of socializing going on and all this kind of stuff, but instead chose to be proactive and to act on that impulse to call somebody as opposed to putting it off for another month and, you know, not putting it off for another month paid dividends immediately because I felt much better afterwards, really didn't feel lonely at all because it was a kind reminder that I can't see people right now, but that doesn't mean that people don't care about you anymore. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And also a kind reminder that I still have so many people in my life that are worth caring about. So that's what I'm patting myself on the back for, for acting on that and the dividends it paid. Nice. That is a very heartwarming tale, minus the uh, alarming phone call. But yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's the out of the blue thing for you, right? That's the... No, I I caught up with a friend today too, and it was absolutely delightful. But we like, we checked in with each other several times to the point where it was almost like, I'm not calling you first. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ready? Like it was almost almost comical. I'm ready when you are. So, so we'll be putting, um, we'll be putting Allison's number in the show notes, and I will 
just encourage everyone to just downright barrage. Yeah, I literally um, actually don't even have a working phone number at all. Like all my packages. Oh, okay. Well, you've ruined get that. Routed to my <laughs> husband's phone. So, like anything I get sent, just like the delivery people have to call him because my phone number just straight up doesn't work. <laughs> and I'm fine. With that. So then Tulio's uh, Tulio's going to be a popular man after I throw his number in the show notes. All <laughs> exactly. oh, right. Well, this was a delightful little episode. I had so much fun recording this one with you. Me too. And I hope our listeners enjoyed it as well. If you had fun, uh, you can join us in our Facebook group, We're Anxious About. And in the meantime, we hope you have a great week. I think this episode is releasing Christmas Eve. Yeah? Yeah, that's right. A nice little Christmas present for you if you celebrate. If you don't celebrate, just a nice little solstice post solstice with oh and solstice <laughs> today's the solstice yes uh longest day of the year, or shortest day of the year done everything Love from it. here on out is longer so that's pretty onwards cool. and upwards yes exactly Lit- oh wait actually the solstice is tomorrow womp, womp. but oh well i'm gonna hate today then thanks <laughs> appreciate that but okay but by the next time we record the solstice will have been, you know. Yeah, and by the time this is released, yeah, you know, exactly. then then they'll, they'll be over that hump. So the listeners are, can can already celebrate. So that's that's a that's a big positive. So yeah. everyone can pat themselves on the back for that. And um, just to add to what I said, if you do like what we're up to, it's a huge help for us if you subscribe, tell a friend, and sh- and share what we're up to, leave a review, any of that kind of stuff. No pressure because this is a you know pretty busy and stressful time of year. But if you do think about it, um, you know, feel free. And if not, we'll just send a lot of emails your way. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we won't. Thanks everybody for tuning in this week. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun too. This was uh, this is a lovely way to spend a little time on Sunday, and we hope that you feel like it was a lovely way to spend some time as well on Thursday or whenever you listen to it. Um, we will catch you again shortly and. I want to say toodaloo, but that sounds a little bizarre. So bye. Yeah, I'm going to just be a serial killer for a little bit, but then I'm going to say toodaloo just to throw everyone off. <laughs> so, I really want to throw everybody off the off the case there. I want to, you know, distance myself. Is toodaloo would be the is that the number one goodbye of serial killers? Is that what is that what's been just? No, I think toodaloo is like, oh, okay, he couldn't have possibly killed someone. He said toodaloo, so I think. He- Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's like a Mr. Rogers verification exactly. sort of thing. Yeah. That's your okay. alibi. So yeah. On that note, toodaloo. <laughs>